0: Welcome to Coach's Corner with your host, Ryan Watson nope, and Jonathan
1: <laughs> I, I'm just letting you know I'm going to hate it. you going to hate it? Yeah. All right, here we go now. Get behind that line. We're going to do it
0: right. Do it right. Do it light. Let's go. Welcome to Coach Corner with your hosts Ryan Watson and Jonathan Bourne, brought to you by Broadway Sports Media, partnered with 440 Sports. Find all of our great content that you do not want to miss every week at BroadwaysportsMedia.com. Got some great breakdowns from the All 22 group, some great articles from John Glennon, Mike Herndon's writing, Justin Graver's writing, a lot of good stuff going on there. Don't miss your favorites, don't miss everything that is at BroadwaysportsMedia.com. Jonathan, welcome into the pod. Welcome to the halfway point, I guess you could say, for the Titan season. Been a lot of uh, emotional ups and downs this year. I think you could say that about 2020 as a whole or 2025, whatever year we're in. This has been a long year is what I'm getting at. But
1: how are you feeling about where everything is at this point in the season? Well, I think the people that were predicting a Vic Beasley breakout year were correct in the sense that he broke out of Nashville. Uh, (laughs) Beyond that, it's like you said, it's been a little up and down Um, the you gotta feel good though. Ultimately you're six and two. Uh, and so you, you have a good chance to go in Thursday night and take on the Colts and really put a stranglehold on the division. You got a game in hand. Uh, if you can get the game in hand with it coming directly against the Colts, That's Perfect, uh, put you in a great situation. I really do think these next three weeks is a really good chance to make or break the Titans season um, with the Colts, Ravens, and Colts again. Um, really good opportunity for the Titans just to put a stranglehold on that division. But as far as the team goes, look everybody wanted this offensive juggernaut of a team you got an offensive juggernaut of a team they're great on offense uh they've shown a little bit of chinks in the armor here recently uh but you still got to play some defense you don't. you don't have to be the the shutdown defense of right. all this isn't one of the this isn't you know the 85 bears or anything like that where uh some of the best defenses of all time and you don't have to be that to win a super bowl the chiefs are uh, a prime example exactly of that. yeah but you got to be able to stop them a little bit. Good news, good news. After the win against Chicago, no longer the literal worst third down defense to ever play the sport, moved into second place. Really proud.
0: Yeah, you got to think that some things are trending in the right direction, and we'll get into that in just a little bit when we get to the game breakdown as far as what those those tendencies were. But so far this season, I got to say, you know. Like you alluded to, you're six and two. Stranglehold uh, about to have a stranglehold possibly with this week and the results on Thursday night. However, the Titans had a stranglehold before, right? I mean, they, they got off to this hot start and they stumbled. Now the Pittsburgh game, whether well, that's a stumble or not, it was it was concerning because, or it was um, disappointing because it was a winnable game. And if they hadn't, and if the Titans hadn't started off so bad in the first half, maybe that game's a different scenario because they they were in it in the second half and, and was were right there for the for the tie to see what happens. And maybe if they start better, you don't have to worry about that tie. That's maybe a kick for the win, or that's a um, kick to put the game out of reach for the Steelers because that's just how that second half went. Then you have the just the the the, <laughs> the literal and and everything else fall apart that was the the Bengals game that led to some jettisons out of town, some breakouts out of town, as you put it. I love, I love that. And uh, before we get that, can we just say no to anyone else coming from either the Atlanta Falcons or Clemson or both? Don't want Tack McKinley. No, please no, because we've been down this. Now, again, if, if you could guarantee me the guys like Beasley and Tack McKinley would be what they're supposed to be, sure. welcome them with open arms. But unfortunately, we're starting to see a pattern here. So maybe we should uh, take some different tacks when it comes to expectations.
1: Clemson is the easiest school to scout for the draft. That's all you have to do. You can, when it comes to it, I've said it, I'll continue to say it. Don't draft edge players from Clemson. Done. Draft all wide receivers at Clemson. Done. You can scout the other player the other positions I mean, there like an actual football team but yeah. it, th- those are just tried and true. Yeah, like, they may have a
0: quarterback that's worth scouting I'm not sure if it's yeah, hard or not. Yeah, but
1: you know tre- Trevor yeah but that's the thing you still got to decide with them is it was that one of those where is it is it Taj Boyd coming out then you're looping him into the quarterback position right. If you're only scouting positional sure position at, 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 at a college you have Deshaun Watson who's been great so we'll see if Trevor Lawrence is great as well then they can start to creep that draft quarterbacks at Clemson yeah a
0: couple interior line before anybody hollers that I, I understand it. there's there's some there's some hits there but I think you're you're your points are bait, are are good there. So back to the Titans real quick. So there has been some positives, and for me, just to give some some individual positives, is I have been completely thrilled uh, d- doing my and I and I tend to um, I tend to uh, s- plug this every week, and I'm going to plug it because I enjoy writing it. My in the trenches article. But one thing I've been really impressed with going forward with uh, is the play of Nate Davis. And he really has been my big positive because he was one of my big question marks, moving forward or coming off of the offseason into this. Is could he take? Could he elevate his game? He had the improvement towards the end of the season, but it still needed to be a lot better. He has been a lot better. He's been really good. And I mean, I had I I, I will have arguments for who the best offensive lineman has been. Saffold has been great. Ben Jones has been great. Nate Davis though is in that conversation. I think that says a lot for his performance. My secondary thing for the for the offensive line is Tyson Sombrello. I always wonder if I'm saying that name right. is has been pleasant in relief of Taylor Lewan, and what I mean there is he hasn't been dominating or otherworldly, but I wasn't expecting him to. I just said get us get the Titans by, and he's done more than that. Actually, there's been the occasional pass rush here or there that he has failed on. That's to be expected, I think, given the circumstances. But he really has improved his kick slide in this last game, and I'm hoping that when I when I break down the article more, that I can maybe point that out in in a, in a still photo. But he's been better. And he's improved, and his run blocking has been really good. So those are the two for the offensive line I've been real positive about. And before I let you talk about others outside, I, I would be remiss saying that I, we talked about this a little bit beforehand. I think the Titans, if you just factor it down to two players in the interior defensive line, and don't talk about the depth and don't talk about the edges, but I think the Titans may have the best duo just as a starting two in Daquan Jones and Jeffrey Simmons. And I feel bad for Daquan Jones because he's been great this season he really has been great unfortunately for him Jeffrey Simmons has been just a monster
1: yeah I mean it's one of those that Daquan gets lost in there also just the nature of the position he plays that nose tackle position you spend most of your time eating up blocks rather than actually being having the ability to make plays but look he he in the Vikings game saw it he he made some key plays there he shows up on tape week in week out he's also a leader on the team between dayquan and jeffrey simmons they may not be the best but if not you're going to be hard pressed to make a really compelling argument that they're not cuz jeffrey simmons has been borderline unblockable Now, yeah, don't talk about the depth. Yeah, please don't. Now, now at the same time, I will say they've played better. They were better this game, for sure. Well, not even just this game. They've been showing that steady improvement because you're rotating young guys in there. You have Murchison, you have Tart that played last game. Those are are two guys that you just don't have a lot of experience. They're going to get better as time goes on. And,
0: And Crawford has been level replacement. I mean, he hasn't been great. Hasn't been bad. He's just filled his gaps and done
1: what he's supposed to do. Well, and that's which what is all hoping. you can expect. That's what you're hoping when you make that signing. You're not expecting but, him to be a you know an impact player. You want good football players. There.
0: But depending on what you're considering their base, he could. I could. I could make an argument to qualify him as a starter instead of a role player. But we're talking about outside the two main guys. Yeah, Crawford has been as a, if you want to call him a backup in that regard, sure. And he has been adequate. It's, it's the younger guys who come in and are direct replacements, typically for Jones and Simmons, that have been the, the, the issue or the slope downward. But as you said, of late, have seen improvement, and that's what you want. I think the point, if I cut you off, I apologize, but is that is what you want to see out of your your own young players. Well, let's leave the trenches for a second. What other positives have you seen outside of the, of the, the big hogs and the, and the big guys up front?
1: So I think everybody talked about Johnny Smith coming out. Uh, I think, once again, you you saw that he's an impact player. He's not having the big plays. Uh, He had a a long reception, managed a touchdown in this game. Uh, He's not taking over games, um, but at the same time, he he has been. We talked about that breakout season that they have coming in here, uh, and I think he's kind of delivered on that. Um, The wide receivers are pretty straightforward. I mean, uh, Davis, I would say, is a pleasant surprise. Uh, he's again, got a little banged up at one point, but him coming back, he's— he's still inconsistent catching the ball away from his body, but he is definitely making an impact right there to the point that you have, you start to question, okay, what are they going to do next year? Cause I, I do think they're going to have um, options to, to bring somebody in, but he, it provides a unique skill set for what they are looking for. He's a big bodied guy. He's a physical wide receiver. So he has been a little bit of a breakout. And A.J. Brown, only reason I haven't mentioned him is because everybody knows about him at this point. Oh, yeah. He's just absolute stud of wide receiver and still showing room for improvement as well. That's the thing that that has to excite you defensively, they haven't been great. Uh, Malcolm Butler, I think, has played pretty well, um, especially the last couple of weeks. And probably if I had to pick one player that's been a pleasant surprise, it's probably Amani Hooker. Um, Playing quite a few snaps. They use him in a lot of different situations. Um, And being around the ball, uh, he got a, frankly, what was a very bad call called against him. Yeah, we
0: talked about that in the postgame. I get what they're trying to eliminate, but that's definitely one where I think they should have huddled up and said, okay, well... What do we want him to do there? Because he was in position he made a play on the ball. But again, it's the end of the game, so it didn't really affect too much. But I don't think they score that drive if those two back-to-back, questionable at best, penalties aren't called.
1: Yeah, and so you look at how that's going to project. I mean, you talked about the importance of the next three weeks. I think I always talk about matchups and that the best team doesn't always win. You got Baltimore on the schedule here next week, and it's one of those, the Titans are once again, they're a matchup problem. Having three safeties that are playing at a good high level gives you the versatility to match up, especially with what they have up front, uh, the Titans it gives them a good opportunity to match up against Baltimore, probably better than most teams are going to. So I don't know if they're any closer to beating the Chiefs and winning a Super Bowl, but once again, they do match up well against Baltimore. So if I had to pick some players, I think there are still some bright spots in that secondary. And he only played one game, but Des King comes in and he makes an impact, and part of that's an indictment because what the secondary had been doing, it was a noticeable impact. But just to dive into that a little bit, Look, I almost came out of my seat when I see a bunch (laughs) formation and Des King lined up on the point-wide receiver and actually jams him off the line of scrimmage. So to get it, why is that so important? Well, look... Nine times out of ten, if you're in a bunch formation like that, those three receivers are not just running straight off the line. They're timing they, it off of each other. Yeah, exactly. So if you can throw off the point guy, it throws off the timing of the other routes there. So one guy can affect three receivers there by just jamming that receiver at the front of the bunch. And so to see that, because the Titans have not been doing that, was a little bit of a breath of fresh air. And I will completely tout, and I know this is getting to get a little bit into the Bears breakdown, which I don't think we're going to spend too much time on, but but game look, didn't practice a ton. Put it out on Twitter going into it that I didn't think that was going to be too big of an impact on him because, look, coverages are coverages for the most part. It's terminology. Just a, it's about terminology. And so you did see a lot of communication, which is really good. Your veterans stepped up, maybe not in playmaking, but in communicating the coverage calls to Des King. And I'm talking not just the secondary. At one point I saw Harold Landry barking out where yeah, your Sean Evans to was
0: talking to him. It, just, it was a whole bunch it, of back and forth. And you saw a lot of communication back to him to, to signal uh, you know, agreement or that he understood – which was fantastic cuz a lot of times people can here's another important that important part of that people can talk at people and we've been around those kind of people but the other person doesn't listen, doesn't reciprocate. But the back and forth communication was good to see with a new addition.
1: Yeah, and solid tackler. He was in position on a lot of things. Got turned around a couple of times. Um, I'd be interested to see if I went back and watched him against the Chargers. How often they left him without a safety over the top because he got beat deep on one play. Um, and he's not he's not a super fast guy. So I'm wondering if they ever if they protected him a little bit more. And is that one that we. We may see the Titans adapt to a little bit. Um, I don't have an answer to that. It was just a curiosity that sure. kind of popped up while least, watching yeah. it.
0: Yeah, and and I will say this: at least he was a he was a good addition because what has been the the problems too going forward? And Let's just jump into the Bears game while we're at it because I think we've talked about the positive and negatives, halfway point. I think the overall positive six and two, you'll take it and a chance to go even more, especially with how you match up with these next few teams. So they're in a good spot. The Titans are. um, There are some negatives, but every team has some negatives. Look at how the Chiefs and the the Panthers played this weekend. The Seahawks have maybe the worst pass coverage defense, and they'll fight with the Titans about it. But, you know, the the Seahawks are at least healthy, I believe, (laughs) are healthier than the Titans have been. So maybe there's an excuse there. Anyway, but my point is, is no team is perfect. The Chiefs aren't perfect. The Ravens aren't perfect. The Steelers, they know, have a lot of flaws that they may. More of a 6-2 and two team is all I mean, but there's no dominant teams. There's no – when you look at the pick'ems every week, there's no way to tell – even the Jets looked like they were going to hand it to the Patriots. I know they're not the Patriots of old. There's just no dominant team. So, to be in first place in your division is a good po- place to be for the Titans. But, moving on to the Bears game, really was a get-right game on defense. And I and I, I understand. I understand. I understand. Let's say that three times. That the Bears are not a juggernaut on offense. They – for lack of a better word, are terrible. They don't have a great scheme. They don't have great execution. They don't have the best skill players in the world. They have a really good receiver in Robinson, but it's just Foles isn't, he's he's had some bright spots in his career, but there's been more negative. He's, he's not a good quarterback in the NFL. He is, he is, what he is supposed to be is a guy who can come in and, and keep game, be a starter. And that's kind of his, Rotation. I just, I just, I think people have been duped by what he is at times. And he proved that in this game with some of his throws and and how he reacts to things. He's not mobile. Anyway, I'm getting too much into that. But I know it was a bad offense, but here's just go with me for a second down a road of going back in the future, in the, in, in going back in time. And the Titans look terrible against this offense, and the Bears were still because it started off rough. There was a couple of quick completions. And I went, and my notes were like, "Oh well, the books out on the Titans. Every every offense is going to be doing this to them. Good grief!" And then, and then, and then they, for lack, of, you know, tightened up and tightened, not Titan, Titan. You know, they 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 put the clamps on, and the defense played better from then on out. So, how would we have felt as as analysts, as fans, as whatever? if they had struggled against the bears. And so that's that's the positive I take from it. I know it's a, it's a bad offense. But they looked good against a bad offense and you want that to happen of good teams. Look good against the teams you're supposed to look good against and then compete with the teams that maybe you're that you're not as equal to.
1: Yeah, I mean the The best thing to take away from that from a defensive perspective is they tackled so much better. Um, They were aggressive on the outside coming up and making the tackles, so Breon Borders, I thought, played well on the outside. That's a good point. Um, Yes, he's going to give up some catches, but come up, attack. When they make catches, put them on the ground. Don't miss tackles and give up free yards, and I thought they did a much better job of doing that. Um, So while Dez King was great, Breon Borders gave you some... um, some plus plays and so yes i do think they will get a dory back at some point but it's nice to not have a just absolute sieve out there that isn't doing much well at all and so it's one of those that god the bears are terrible but you want to make sure that you expose them for being terrible on offense and the biggest thing for me is I think Matt Nagy knows it, too, because just absolute desperation. I mean, if anything epitomizes it, it's the going for... I like going for it on fourth down. Yeah, we've
0: said it many times that if we had our druthers, go for it all the time,
1: regardless Uh, of the down distance. Yeah, but then combine (laughs) combine that with the fake punt followed by an immediate punt because they go three and out. It's just... There was desperation all over the field of them just trying to manufacture points. They're not very talented at the quarterback position. They don't run the ball very well. Obviously, they were having offensive line issues. And look, Titans get their first, get get three sacks in a game, which, good Lord. Good Lord. It feels like a
0: mountain was climbed. <laughs> yeah,
1: so Roberson showed some pop off the edge. He did. Uh, and Jeffrey Simmons was a monster inside once again.
0: Yeah and like I said I know I said it in my my positives for the season but Jones and Simmons were really good again I've already I've been through a lot of the tape from the, from the coaches um Angle and Jones was just, he had a monster first half. I can say that for sure. <laughs> and he was making tackles. I think this first three tackles of the game were all tackles for loss where he just was eating guard uh, and centers up and just really wreaking havoc, wreaking havoc. That's, that's the thing is the bears weren't good at any particular thing. So what did they hang their hat on? So just good, good for the Titans to be ever, I think you hit the nail on the head there is so they showed a willingness to come up and tackle, which had not been there for weeks And maybe this is the start of something good. Maybe this is the turnaround point. And that's the thing is that we can can credit, and Simmons made an excellent play on that that read to get out to cause the fumble on the outlet to the screen. But King was able to come downhill and was in the area to be opportunistic. And how many fumbles did you see on the year where the Titans just weren't in the correct position to make that play? And now the new guy was there. He's just, he relied not so much on, what am I supposed to be doing? Let me go be a football player. And I think that's what I saw. him. so, so you touched on it before about his being out of position. I interpreted that a little bit as he was not freelancing. Cause I don't think he was trying to do that, but I think he was trying to interpret within himself and be a football player. And he just might've gotten just a little wrong on a couple of them, but it's something to watch and, and see going forward. Because obviously once they have their full complement of Fulton, the door Jackson, you know, gang, Butler, then that's a pretty good lineup, you would think, especially with how Fulton was coming on. And then, of course, you know, you're, you're, I think another guy, Chris Jackson, who wasn't having a terrible season, not great, but he can fill in and be what he's supposed to be, not a starter, but a role player. And and let's be fair. Before we move on to anything else, Jonathan Joseph, I know, I saw the tweets. Everyone's happy he's gone, and trust me, he doesn't need to be playing in the role he was, but he wasn't supposed to be. This 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 team was not put together this year in 2020 to rely on him as a starting corner. He was supposed to do two things: get Jadaven Clowney in the door, (laughs) maybe, and then he was supposed to be a rotational piece that provided leadership in that corners room.
1: Yeah, you expected him to be your number four corner. Yeah, and that at in number three in a pinch. Yeah, not 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 starting as your number two corner. Right. So. So, All right, we spent enough time on the we Bears. Have, we spent more time on the Bears talking about the Bears game than I ever want to watch the Bears ever again. So yeah, it's been
0: kind of funny listening to our our, our chats back and forth with the guys about how how pitiful this game is to break down on the Bears offense. And just I, God bless them. I don't know how they've won them in the games that they've won. And so we'll, we'll see we'll see what happens for the rest of the season for them. Uh, but like we said earlier, Colts Thursday night South game. All, not all the marbles, but some of the marbles, got to have it. You're about to have, uh, if you're talking about potentially winning the South, you have to at least split with somebody, if not win every game. I don't think anyone ever expects anyone to win every single divisional game you have. But you have to win. So what better way to make sure that you have won, or at least guaranteed your split, win the first one. You've done that versus the Texans. Now you have the opportunity to get in, the Colts, take the stranglehold, big, important game. What are you looking for here moving forward? Because it is the Colts. It is a Thursday night. I know what our feelings are on short weeks and Thursday nights and how the overall feeling about Thursday night games are. It's prime time as far as TV slot, but it's not really primetime football. And so maybe the Titans can take what they learned from a Tuesday night game and apply it to a Thursday night game because that'd be good. But typically a Thursday night game between two teams doesn't yield – Great things. It's more base, more more vanilla a lot of times. You don't have the the full complement just because it's a short week. But what are you looking for this week out of
1: the Titans when they face the Colts? So I think the Titans are in a unique position because – on a short week, it's hard to really put a ton of a game plan in. you got to keep things simple. Luckily, the Titans are relatively simple in what they do. It's simple but it's hard to stop kind of thing because they have such a great running game in attacking that their pass game is very effective, but it's not complicated. That doesn't mean it's easy to stop though because you still have to account for coming up and likely putting eight in the box to come up and stop Derrick Henry. So You continue to see that these big wide receivers can take advantage in these one on one coverages and good luck tackling any either of them one on one. Now, I do think that once again it'll come down to how does the Titans defense perform against the Colts offense. Not so much. I think the I think the Titans will still continue to put up points. Uh, Tannehill still looks a little bit off, um, but he, again, it's not as that, bad this game as he had been. Yeah, because that bar, again, has been set so high and obviously had the perfect throw that he had to A.J. Brown for the touchdown. But the Colts, look, Phillip Rivers is he's fine. He, he's a smart guy. You're not going to outsmart him. The good news is he's also not moving ever from that pocket. You got to be able to get pressure on him and he will take chances and give you opportunities to mm-hmm. make to to make plays on the ball. Yeah.
0: Gunslinger with with a little less ammo than he used to have.
1: Yeah, I don't think this once again. I don't think this is a team. I think they're going to try to attack the Titans um through the run game a bit, but they're a little decimated um with the with the injuries that they're dealing with. Obviously, everybody knows about Quentin Nelson and being being a great guard, but they're a much better pass blocking offensive line yeah. than they are a, a run running offensive line. So the Titans, once again, I don't think that their run defense has been spectacular this year. But again, they're going to run into teams that aren't um, that that aren't taking advantage of that. So it's really going to come down to I think is Adore going to be back? I don't know. Breon Borders is again going to be targeted in – Will T. Y. Hilton play? I think there's a history there where yeah. T. Y. Hilton likes to have those big games. That said, T. Y. Hilton has not been the same since Andrew Luck stopped playing football. No, and so you you, you got they're not loaded with weapons on offense. Just play smart football. Just play smart yeah. football.
0: And so you mentioned their their rushing defense, and then and their defense is really good. I, I mean, I don't want to I don't want to mince words here. They're a good defense. I mean, they're they're third fewest in points given up in the NFL. Uh, Leader in yards allowed a game at 290 and only giving up 83 yards rushing a game. That's pretty good compared to the NFL. It ranks, I believe, third. Um, it's up there. I, I forgive me for not have my notes in order, but my point is, is that you've got the Titan's strength, which, which is running the ball, or or what they want to do at the very least, mixed in with. The Colts really do well stopping, and they're not bad in pass protection, pass coverage. Excuse me, either. When you flip over the offensive line, like you said, they, they're much better at pass protecting. Than they are run blocking, but they are very gimmicky on offense as well. And what I mean by that is they're looking to attack the edges. They're looking to get their running backs out in space and try to attack a defense that way. They like to, to use uh, Hines out that way. Jonathan Taylor um, does like to run a lot off tackle outside. They just don't like to. So they're going to run away naturally from what the Titans' interior strength is on defense well as far as Evans coming downhill because when he comes downhill he's really good when he's not trying to hop over fullback instead of two gapping something <laughs> or you know Daquan Jones and, and Simmons in the middle so it's it their, their positives or what they like to do kind of goes against where maybe some of the weaknesses are. Now you're looking for a, a probably a step-up game from like Landry, Clowney, if he's back and healthy, can go uh, for those guys to contribute. Robertson again, uh, coming in and, and affecting the run game as well. Because if you can shut down their run game and force Phillip Rivers to kind of play tight, that's when he's going to force more things. He's going to YOLO throw a lot, for lack of a better term, but he's just going to throw it up and see what happens. And maybe this is a game where Bayard gets off the snide a little bit and starts making those plays. I think teams are avoiding him, not really attacking the middle of the field where he is a lot of times. Um, That's respect on a high level if they are doing that, and I think that's what are, you know, in the secondary. But I think that you have to be able to shut some of the things they want to do down to force Phillip Rivers to kind of hand you the game. And maybe if you can get him outside the pocket, maybe he can trip over some more yard lines and and flail around and and get hopped over
1: by a defender (laughs) It it sucks to have a as long of a career as Philip Rivers has had, and that he's going to be more white. Like that's the play that's going to define him, right here at the end. Like just, just that was terrible. And it wasn't even just that he fell down; it was that the player seemed to go out of his way to (laughs) then hurdle him. Oh,
0: look, a dead body. (laughs) Yeah, it was just like.
1: it was so bad, and I think he, he's aware of it. I mean, he's he had a really good view of that banner they have hanging up there in Lucas Oil Stadium. But Runner up to the south or whatever it is. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, they're, they're on track right now for doing that same thing. But, no, this, this game is going to be very important that the Titans take care of business on the ground. They need to get that run game going because um, I, I don't think that this is something you're going to have a ton of things schemed up. The The Colts like to run their short passing game, get screens out there. It's a bunch of misdirection and Obviously, um, Frank Wright coming from that uh, Philadelphia coaching tree out of out of Andy Reid's coaching tree. So it's one of those where um, you, you got to trust your eyes, play your assignments, don't get over aggressive, and make sure that hey, don't vacate something, don't trust your eyes always. Know what right. you're supposed to do, mm-hmm. and that's what that's where they try to take advantage of you. Luckily, they don't have a ton of speed out there. No. where they can that that's what that's really the the defining part of that Andy Reid offense having speed. You think about Deshaun. Jackson, when he was there, speed. You think about uh, Tyreek Hill, speed. It, Hardman. I mean, they, they've exactly. got speed. Speed is what really opens it up. The the Colts don't necessarily have that without a Paris Campbell out there playing without um, T. Y. Hilton at at a hundred percent. Yeah, exactly. So that's where you just got to make sure you're not giving them the free plays by not playing your assignments. Yeah,
0: it's, it's more. To, it's more than just scheme to me from them in offense because I don't know. I don't know if Philip Rivers is con- is is able to consistently attack all levels of the field I think that he has to live within a box I, I know people accuse Drew Brees of that as well that he's not able to push like when, if, if he pushes a ball down 15 yards down the field everyone's shocked I think Phillip Rivers just says at this point of his career I don't want to call it a dead arm but even on some of these short throws you see they, they loop a little bit and what I mean by that is they just don't have the zip they used to have on it and it just kind of before it gets to its target you, you start to see the ball traveling gravity back down to earth you know in, in kind of a looping like a, a bubble fashion so I, I just I just don't know and, and even though it's the decent offensive line that's kept him alive as it were but they I think that it's one of those games where you have to like we've talked about some of the younger quarterbacks but try to force Philip Rivers to make those mistakes and, and hopefully he'll he'll give the Titans those opportunities I, I know we've hammered on that but I think it's really important for this game it needs to be said maybe three or four more times
1: yeah I mean the look Everybody's talking about how bad the Titans' defense was, uh, and that you know they got better last week, but they're only a couple weeks removed from being just god awful. Yep. Um, well, the Colts aren't too far removed from the questions being asked of Are they better with Jacoby Brissett under quarterback, right, or at quarterback? So that's one of those where it's uh, y- you got to just again play your assignments, play mm. your assignments, and then on offense, I don't think you have to get fancy either. You're gonna have to run at them and just wear them down. Um, so we'll end up, we'll see what happens, but this is the definition of you got to kiss this game. Keep it simple, stupid. Yep.
0: I love that term. I I love it so much because it's, it's, it's so many times in football, the coaches want to outthink themselves. I know there's some, some great minds in the NFL, but how many times during a game do you watch? And like, why didn't they just do this simple thing there in quarterbacks as well? How many times have you seen a replay where they took a shot downfield last night? Flacco, I think took a shot in the middle of the field. If you're watching the, uh, the Jets Patriots Monday night game. He took a shot downfield where the Patriots corners made a hell of the play outran the receiver. He looked like he was running the route. But if you go back and watch the film, he had a tight end wide open for an eight yard game. Sometimes just take what they give you. Keep it simple. Stupid. I love that term, but I think, it, I think it gets washed. I think we, in, in life, I think we do this too, where we try to, to outthink ourselves or try to do the more complicated route when something simpler would just, you know, work. And that's the thing. Watch this game be um, one of those where you've got what should be a, a really good rush defense, really, really, really good rush defense, versus a a good off rush offense. Then you would think that the rush offense wouldn't have the success that they normally do. Watch this be one of those monster games for Derrick Henry, South opponent, where he just goes nuts and he's able to outrun people and out angle people because the Colts. Here's the thing: if you once you one bad part about com, committing so much to the box is that's a lot of people within a tight space. Of a football field. And when you have someone who's a game breaker like Derek Henry, if he can get past that first line clean, like we've seen him do countless times throughout his career, it's a foot race. And he out angles safeties in the NFL consistently. And if all the other safeties and fast guys are up close, are on the other side of the field, they don't have a chance to catch him. So what I mean, if the Titans can make their their initial blocks at the point of attack and give Henry that wiggle room to get free, you might see one or two really long runs from him in this game to really break this thing open as far as for the rushing attack. So I'm not guaranteeing it's going to be one of those games. I'm just saying that, that usually, isn't that kind of weird how that works out when you have strength for strength, but sometimes <laughs> the strength of one team really wins out. So, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see where we are this week when we're in the show again to see if I was right with my assumption or my, my gut feeling, I guess I would call it. But really, let's get into the prediction from the game then as far as, because I think they match up. Well, I think the Titans are the better team, even with some of the deficiencies on defense that they've had throughout the year. And as good as the the Colts' defense has been or can be, I really think the Titans are set up to control the ball, force some mistakes. And this is one of those ones where if you get a couple turnovers on defense and really set your offense up well on a short field, maybe it's not a great statistical night for Tannehill again, but say he's 10 for 12 and 180 yards but with three touchdowns you know, because the defense set him up because of mistakes, then that's great. I'm not saying that's going to be all that because I don't think the Colts are that bad on offense. And I don't think the Titans are that good on defense just yet. Maybe they'll shock me, but I think this is going to be a game where they're going to have to stay in it. Keep it simple. Win by six at the end, possibly, you know, 24 to 18, maybe somewhere in there, give or take a point, 23, 17, something like
1: that. Yeah. I think, uh, if I was going to put a prediction on it, I'll go 27, 20 Titans. Um, I I think they're going to be able to move the ball. Defenses don't travel on short weeks typically. Uh, So I I, I like the Titans in this game, but look, if they don't pull this one out, then, you know, the next couple weeks after this get a whole lot more important.
0: Clinches up because now not only is Baltimore important where you were hoping you would have maybe a little more relaxed game, but then you've got the Colts again at
1: their place. Yeah, so seven, seven and two is a lot different than six and three.
0: Yep, and you really want to set that table with this run. You're about to have to go on and, and really set yourself up. And I think as Mr. Lebowski said in our post postgame, uh, if the Titans can just get to nine or ten wins, maybe they just pack it up for the rest of the season. <laughs> I, I hope they wouldn't do that, but I think the point there is that that you, you win this one, it gets a little easier, you lose this one, things start to tighten up a little bit, really, is and all that, so you don't really want that guys play tight so that's our prediction for the game we're going to close it out here for the coach's corner part of broadway sports network partner with 440 sports Make sure and check out all of our other podcasts articles and breakdowns that broadway sports has to offer at Broadwaysportsmedia.com, on twitter at broadwaytm make sure you're checking out jonathan at jv on broad myself ryan on broadway and the show at coaches on broad be sure to your rating five stars subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any of our notifications but until next time we out See ya.